You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. This past week, I would have given my kingdom for some salt and some light so I could get out of my house and my sidewalk. There's only so much that like a 14-year-old with like a spade can do. I don't have a shovel equipped for this. But he tried valiantly because I think he wanted to get away from his dad. But Jesus here lays out these two things. He calls us these two things. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And like we hear these and, and we use salt of the earth. Maybe you, like me, think about your grandpa, right? Someone who's just a, a good guy. Someone who's a good person. They're trustworthy. Their handshake is, you know, worth gold. All of that. Things, scouts, you know, a scout is going to say, I'm trustworthy, loyal, helpful, kind, obedient. I don't actually remember all of it. I'm sorry. But they say these things, and there's these qualities that we look for in people that we call the salt of the earth. And then the light of the world, right? You think of someone who just lights up a room. If you say that you are the light of the world, someone who's bright and bubbly, we look for these qualities. But what Jesus is getting at today isn't about quality. He's looking at purpose. Because in Jesus' day and in our day, what are salt and light used for? There's like one salt truck in all of North Richland Hills, and they worked overtime, and I followed them around. Please get me to the grocery store. Salt changes the ice when it touches. Salt changes the food when it's cooked with. If you walk your dog, it can irritate the skin. It changes your skin if it gets on you. If you've swam in the ocean, you don't want to swallow that water because it changes the inside. Salt changes and transforms the things it touches. What about light? Light does the same thing, right? It, it helps us see, sure. But light is used to purify, right? You put something dirty out on a clothesline, and it will come back in your house brighter and wider than it was before. Light is used to irradiate things. Light is used to, to transform the things that it touches. If you're swallowing all that salt water in the ocean and you don't use sunscreen, light can also change your skin, and that can be pretty painful. So salt and light aren't necessarily about good qualities we look for in people. It's about the purpose of these tools that God calls us to be. We are to be salt and light that change and transform the world around us, the things we touch, the things we interact with, the things that we encounter. And another hint here is like Jesus isn't talking to individuals saying, you, whatever your name is, are the salt of the earth. Right, we're continuing in the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus is up on the side of a hill, and he's talking to a whole bunch of people. And last week, he said, blessed are you, blessed are you, blessed are you. He incorporated everyone into these blessings. He looked out, and he saw you who are weeping, blessed are you. You who are hungry, blessed are you. You who thirst for righteousness, blessed are you. All of you, blessed are you. And so once we've been incorporated into this story, once we've been recruited into this mission of Jesus, Today he makes the turn and he starts to give us a job to do. And it's not individual, it still remains collective. It 
you know, if I were to translate this, I would say y'all are the salt of the earth. Y'all are the light of the world. And there's profound implications here. He's not telling us to be nice people. He's not telling us to be proper. We're all Episcopalian. Well, most of us maybe. Like, we know how to behave. We know how to conduct liturgy properly, or we ask those two folks over there how to do it. We know what we're supposed to do. But that's not what Jesus is getting at. Jesus is calling us to be transformative agents in the world. If you think about, right, like Jesus, when he's talking about these things, when he's telling people, you know, you're to help bring about the kingdom of God, that's language that's going to bring up things in their mind. The folks Jesus is talking to, many of them are going to know the Hebrew scriptures, and when they hear this language, they're going to go, oh, I remember what Isaiah said. Isaiah said things like, loose the bonds of injustice, undo the yoke, Let the oppressed go free. Share your bread with the hungry. Bring the homeless into your house. When you see the naked, cover them. Don't hide yourself from your own kin. Jesus isn't telling us to be nice people. Jesus isn't telling us to be salt of the earth type people. Jesus is telling us to change the world. Scout Sunday, and so you think about things that young men and women learn in scouting. They learn traits that would get them classified as salt of the earth, right? When they grow up, someone's going to say that about them. But they're not loyal, trustworthy, helpful, kind, brave, thrifty, clean, and reverent. Did I get it right? (laughs) Obedient. I forgot obedient. Don't tell my bishop I forgot obedient. They don't do those things to be nice young men and women. They don't do those things because that's what they're supposed to do. When you do those things, you change your friends, you change your school, you change your community, you change your world. If we had a whole room of people here who sought to be brave when it comes to encountering the stranger, we could change the world. When we ha- if we had a room full of people here who sought to be courteous in every circumstance, including driving behind someone who maybe needs to get off the road. We could change the world. If we had a room full of people who sought to be reverent and focus their hearts and their minds on God, we could change a community. If we were people that sought to embody these things that are nice things to be, sure. But it's not just to be nice. It's to be salt. It's to be light. It's to change the world. It's looking another person in the eyes and speaking a kind word when maybe that person only hears yelling and screaming in the rest of their life. It's serving someone who maybe needs a little help And letting them know that when the world may judge them, we love them and include them. Maybe it's being the one to reach out to your family that's been estranged. No one else in your family wants to talk to somebody. But maybe someone needs to be the one to say, this is not how your salt 
and light in a family system. Maybe it's faithfulness and commitment in a world that too easily lets things slide by. Maybe it's like last week, choosing to live a life of giving, of service, of surrender, rather than accumulation and power. It's choosing to love God, love your neighbor, love your enemy, and even choosing to love yourself, which sometimes could be the hardest of all those. There are many ways to be salt and light in the world. There's many ways to be salt and light in your worlds. Probably as many ways as there are people in here. But every way looks like Jesus. So where are those places in your life that need salt and light? I invite us for a moment to think about those places where we can stand up, we can be the presence of Jesus, we can let people know that God loves them, where we can help people taste and see, taste and see, salt and light, that the Lord is good. Amen.